The Full Exposure Podcast is made possible by Metro Health, University of Michigan Health, and Dr. Peter Hahn in appreciation for the contributions that artists and creative minds provide to our community. Arts and culture are essential to a rich and rewarding life, strengthening our overall well-being and our appreciation of all that we see, hear, and experience. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of Full Exposure with me, your host, Brian Kelly. Man, I get sick of saying my name sometimes, but, uh, you know, I'm hosting a show. So I'm Brian. I'm your host. I hope you're having a great day. I hope you landed on this podcast today ready for a ride. Uh, It's going to be a crazy ride with uh, today's guest, which is uh, Shades who's my buddy from Detroit. Uh, There's a lot of backstories here. There's a lot of uh, history between me and Shades in Detroit. He's one of the first artists I met when I started a portrait project there probably seven, eight years ago. And he's been uh, just a, 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 I don't even know how to describe it. He's been a great friend. That's the first thing I would say. The second thing is he is one of the most spectacular people I've ever met. The way he lives his life, uh, what it's like to just uh, sit around and talk to him. It's a constant flow of laughter, of people, uh, of him just cracking on me, me cracking on him. He's one of the most genuine people I've ever met. And... uh, I, I'm I'm excited to bring this episode to you. So excited, in fact, because I've waited so long to release it. Um, if you remember, last uh, I think it was in September or uh, last October, uh, I did a Detroit run. I talked to Dwelle, the Grammy-winning singer, which is an episode we released, uh, you know, last year, and um, I talked to Shades at the same time, uh, you know, within that same trip. And because of the way the conversation is, uh, I, I held it because I thought I would have to edit more and kind of like duck in and out of the edges. It was also a very long conversation. It was one of the longest re- conversations I'd recorded. And I thought, oh, I'll get to cutting that, make it shorter, a little more digestible, which I have done a little bit of. But uh, I, I, I think the best service I could do to this audience, to you guys listening today, is to just let you experience the full uh, ride that is uh, listening to Shades tell his stories about his life, about his art, and just uh, Detroit, the city. He is inseparable from that city in the sense of how he rose as an artist and how Detroit has grown and the perception of it. So much so that he was... uh, Featured uh, in National Geographic as kind of the face of Detroit. This was about three, four years ago. And uh, he's a fascinating, fascinating individual. And I'm really proud to call him a friend. He's one of the first people I text when I'm headed that way to see what's up. He always uh, replies quickly. And um, we usually try to get together. And uh, I will just quit rambling and introduce Shades formally so you have a better sense of who he is. Um, Antonio Shades AG is a Detroit legend and one of the city's first recognized working artists in the field of graffiti. 
He is now world-renowned, that's true, and enjoys commissions by some of the world's largest corporations, including Fiat, Chrysler, Ford, Toyota, and major organizations like Universal Studios, FIFA World Cup, uh, Children's Hospital of Michigan, Pandora, Vitamin Water, and many more work with Shades. Uh, His murals are all over Detroit, you can see them. And uh, many times they're in some of the most spectacular new buildings and corporate structures uh, all throughout downtown Detroit. Um, There's no doubt that Shades is a Detroit uh, legend. (laughs) He's battled alcohol and drug addiction and eventually used graffiti to soar above the ashes and ruins that he made of his life as a young man. Much like the Phoenix Rising, that is the city of Detroit today. Shades is one of the hardest working artists I've ever known. He's also one of my best friends in Detroit. And this is a raw and unvarnished conversation with Shades about his chaotic life and tremendous career. So without further ado, let's explore the bigger picture with my buddy, my buddy, my buddy Shades, Antonio Shades AG. Clean. Egg white is so you not gotta clean. stay clean. No, you gotta stay clean because you know what? You can't you can't offend people, but you still gotta actually put yourself out there and let them know. Look, this is what you are. Yeah, this is how we gotta. You know, I mean, because you know, racism is 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 a tricky subject. It's a tricky wicket, especially when uh, especially when you're you're trying to coin new new racist white phrases. I want like, to coin like new racist white egg phrases. white. Egg white you is... You call me egg white. I'm literally going to put that in as <laughs> in one the, of, In as, the urban dictionary? A, a, as my urban Your dictionary. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm putting you it in. Said, you said, I'm hanging out. This is, what I, this is what I get for hanging out with you egg white. Exactly. Isn't that nice? Did you say yesterday, lips? That's what you need. Yeah, well, do you remember the first National Lampoon vacation? Chevy? Right, come on. Well, they go to St. Louis, right? And they're in the they're in the hood, and he's trying to fill up with gas and all this other stuff. Like they think they're going to get murdered and all this right. stuff. And but as there, there's a scene, they're pulling out of St. Louis in the middle of the night, and on that wooden station wagon. Okay. You know with the panels on yeah, the, the side. Yeah, the panels. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone had spray. It's just a quick shot, but it broke me when I saw it. it someone had spray painted. <laughs> Honky lips on nice. the side, but it was the lips part that made me laugh. Right. It's like because you gotta lips. put, you gotta, you, dude. I'm honky t- lips. We are literally, as an African American race, are still trying to figure out what is the worst derogatory thing we could actually call you guys. And I respect the journey. You know, like I think you should keep. We should just keep diving, diving into it because I don't mind. I, I right think now, it's fun. There isn't a whole lot, you know, no. vanilla. Mm-mm. What I else? mean, well, George Jefferson tried. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. God bless his heart. I mean, we gave him, he gave us all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, whoever was the writer for George Jefferson. It was probably dude, a Jewish it, guy. It probably was. You know, I mean, on, on, on all real, yeah, it might have been a Jewish guy. But still, every derogatory term that we could have was coming from George Jefferson, actually. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of it? He used to call him. Uh, well, that's where we got the honky. Honky. We got the honk. Yeah. And right. then he'd do his arms back. Right. Like that. Right. 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 Yeah. We. That was. That was our. That was our. Our one word that we had. <laughs> honky. That we had. 
We need we need more, man. We need more. We, we do need, need more with some more bites. Yeah, 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 yeah. So egg white right now will be my um, my my uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, yeah. So anyway, I got it on the hard drive. Can I? Can, I don't care. You can have anything <laughs> on the freaking hard drive. Everything I say, I mean it. I'm not taking anything back. I'm 49. You've years. already lived 9,000 lives. I am, know? dude. <laughs> What does it matter? You call me an egg white. It don't. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It don't. Because I'm on the pile of yeah, I've, shades, dude, life I've, experience. I've seen you come. I've seen you go, bro. What about my intentional slippers? Hold on. We're gonna we're gonna get a clean. That might be how we open them. No, I want that. That's fine. Let the radio go, dude. This is real world, man. You in Detroit? Why you gotta polish it up? Why you always gotta do something because on the on, the, on the base? Me, you asked me earlier. Shades, how do I differentiate myself okay. from, from other people? Because anyone can do anything now. Okay, but and I'm, one thing you can do is make sure there isn't volume. I'm just on the radio when okay, you're doing a podcast. But, that's but like that was one. good volume. That was wasn't great like, 80s music. That's what. I'm and s- I'm sorry, little bit of white music coming on there. MTV. It wasn't like I rolled in here and it was all uh, R and B, soul, early uh, Fab Five, Freddy. Hmm. You know. Hmm. It was Spandau Ballet. We were talking about Spandau Ballet for quite some time. And, and then Pet Shop Boys. Who are you, Shades? You're a complicated man. And the other thing is, your slipper game, <laughs> your slipper game is the most intentional I've ever seen. I, I, so you were telling me. Yes. Let's just reset this. Uh, okay. You have, reset. Uh, you have a pair of slippers for the shower. Yes, I do. And what, what are those shaped as? What, what they kind of slippers are largemouth bass? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then you're telling me about your whole uh, your <laughs> flight strategy. Yeah, I, I need flight slippers. So when you get on a plane, yes, which is often, right, you have to make sure you have your flight slippers. I need those. Yes. Yeah. Because and now you've got some kind of croc looking things. Actually, these are Birkenstocks. Okay. Same. My bad. Right. We don't do Crocs. Okay, that's fine. No, we... we you leave that for the white people? Completely. Yes. The egg whites. And uh, what's his name? Mario Batali. Yeah. <laughs> you can have them. You can have them orange he things. Can, them big red, orange, whatever's... Yeah, his career took a little bit of a turn. Well, you know, R.I.P. But now you've got work slippers on. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so those, you have something... That's what I've known about you over the years. And by the way, thank you for doing the podcast. Oh, go, thanks for having we me. We go back a bit... A while. Probably seven years, maybe. A little bit. Somewhere a little there. bit more. I don't know. I didn't I don't do know. the math. I never do math. Yeah. <laughs> that's, why you, that's why you paint. I, that's about it. You see, my math, my math is, is I, I'm probably the worst guy to talk to when it comes to like how long I've known you, how long I've been yeah. here, how time. long. Yeah. Time is not of essence to me. It's actually the now at this moment because yeah. I can't really think about like how long I've known you. Yeah. I just know I know you, man. Right. Yeah. And the other problem you have with time is that you don't sleep. That's 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 a true one. You, so, you average how much sleep a night? Well, on a on a good good week, I do what like three four hours maybe. That's uh, that's insane. And you don't always get it at one time. No. It would be a quick 40 here. Right. That like, wasn't... I'll nod out in the chair. Yeah. And then I'll wake up. Dude, I'm just... Yeah. It's like that. I just can't imagine it's your amazing. brain working that way. Well, but my brain... It works for you. 
My I brain guess. is fine. Well, you know, but I see, mean, I'm in work mode. When I'm in work mode, true. That's what I do. You understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. when there's when I, when there's something of importance that I got to do. Like I have tons of clients. You have to understand, I'm a one man army. Yes, you know. So same, my, same here. Exactly. You can understand. An assassin. Boom. Yeah. Sneak in, sneak out. Yeah. But yeah, the but for me to be uh, on top of everything that I've promised to clients and do what I got to do, I have to hone my brain into thinking, okay, there's no reason for me to sleep right now. Right. Because I have things to do, you know? That's crazy. So I just kick into gear. Yeah. And then I, because I know what I have to do. So I'll be like, okay, well, I got to do this, do this, do this. Like I have no freaking calendar. Like I'll just be like, like I have to call a client and be like, oh, I forgot that it was you. Mm -hmm. But I got to do you. Okay, but I got you. Yeah. And then I have to put him in. Yeah. With the rest of the situation and then push it all together. It's a lot of sprint. You sprint. Love it. Sprint and pull. Yep. Just dodging, ducking, weaving. Right. Muhammad Ali, man. Yes. Yeah. Float. I'm floating. Stinging like a bee. Boom. Wow. Floating like the butterfly. Well, I I do want to talk to you. So we're at your studio, which is at uh, the famous 2000 Brooklyn building where Dwele lived right below you and Jeremy Deputat and I had a studio above and over on the other side of the building. Right. But I I met you I think um Rick Williams from Burn Rubber is the one who put us originally in contact. I did a portrait of Rick right. for that portrait series that I was working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was what cool. was cool about that project and all these people are still my friends, Rick, Dway, you for sure and you know there's several other people I still stay in regular contact with. That was but a good series. It was fun. And it connected me to all those people, but what I liked Amazing. about that Detroit thing was how generous everybody was. So I said, I did Rick's portrait, and I didn't even ask him who if he had a referral for anybody else. He's right. like, hey, you know what? You should do Shades. There he does go. graffiti all over the world. I didn't know who you yeah, were. Shout out to Rick. Shout out to Rick Williams. There you go. Burn rubber. Burn rubber. Royal Oak. <clears throat> And then uh, Main Street. And then I found out, you know, I'm doing some research on you, and you're just this globally well, no, really well-known graffiti artist. And I didn't even know at the time me coming in from rolling in from Grand Rapids, right? The GR. Oh, I didn't know that graffiti artists could make it a professional living. Yes, we can. I just thought. <laughs> I most people just think it's something you see tagged up. On stuff. Yeah, they do. And now you you do big commissions for corporate stuff. Yeah, Chevy. Yeah, Fiat. Yeah, Quicken Loans. Yeah, big stuff. These are big players. Yeah, and it's awesome. And then I found that out, and then I met you, and you're one of the craziest people I've ever met. Insane. And you are. <laughs> There's nobody like you, Shades. <laughs> I don't know what I'm, it is. I'm completely insane, man. <laughs> and you're my friend. I know. It doesn't, it's oil and water somehow. I just, just love our friendship. Like you know it, what it is? You keep the egg whites right. away from the yolk. Exactly. And then, boom. See? <laughs> it's Magic. still delicious. Magic. You're still making omelets. Magic happens. <laughs> One is an egg white omelet. One's a regular yellow omelet. Right. And then, boom. Yeah. There you go. We still can share um, breakfast. Everybody. Yeah. See? Bring it in. It's all for the masses. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Our friendship is weird. Because you would jump in. <laughs> Like, I'll be, like, chilling. 
And next thing you know, I get a text. And you got some quick little whim that just hits you. Mm-hmm. You know. Like doing a podcast. Yeah, like, yo. Oh, I heard you're back from Germany. Yo, man. What's up? Let's do this podcast. <laughs> Is that what I say? That, that's what you I say. Hey, yo, man. Hey, yo. What's up, man? Hey, yo, man. <laughs> and then I, when I roll into Detroit, I make sure I say, what up, doe? Which, by the way, stop saying that, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's it used to be a thing. No, just stop saying it. Yeah. I don't care. Mean, okay. Hopefully this makes it to the, like a video cuz I'm looking dead <laughs> in the camera. Stop saying what up doe. Seriously. It's bad. <laughs> you know, it's in the equation to me of like people wearing D tattoos, you know? Oh. It's it's over, man. I can't get it. What if I did what you did cuz your ink collection is is pretty pretty unbelievable because it's, what I like about it, it is all Detroit brands that you loved as a kid. It's Fago, yeah, Better Made Chips, which yeah. you had at lunch yesterday. I did, thank you. Yeah, plain. I was like this guy is authentic. Completely, he said I would like the <laughs> Better Made potato chips, plain. plain. But hey, you didn't do like Lay's. No, 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 it's like no. You match the tattoo. You ain't hip to the Jays, are you? Well, I do. I am partial to their. Uh, own, that's the only one I like from them is the the, the hot uh, chips. No, the salt and vinegar ones from Jay's. Yeah. Okay. Because Betterman have uh, Bettermade have salt and vinegar. Yeah, I think uh, your your guy had them yesterday. Oh, Mark. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you oh, got to switch gotta, it up. He's got to pay more to Mark. He has no situational awareness. <clears throat> Situation <laughs> I just walk in like, yeah, you're like, hey. like Frankenstein coming into something. <laughs> I am in my neck. I am Brian. I will want some food. <laughs> all well, I anyway. see is the phone in front of me. <laughs> but you have all. I mean, you repped. You've always repped. This is an interesting transition for you because you've always been the guy when people wanted to think about cool Detroit. Yeah. Or what Detroit wasn't like the stereotypes of what Detroit was in the eighties and nineties and two thousands, which was yeah. decay and abandonment was the narrative. But you were always the guy fostering and being a successful artist mm-hmm. in a city that was dying. Yeah. And now the city's exploding and we talked about that and you have some you know, you feeling a bit conflicted about it and you're spending a lot more time in Europe. Yeah, you know, uh being, dude, I'm born and raised here. Yeah. Um, and and the big thing about it is, you know, you can be somewhere, and 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 make it what it is. That's what I did. You know, you handed me my life, and I did what I could. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you were in these circumstances. I was totally. I am that. I am that that. The, how they categorized Detroit back in the day of the Detroit black youth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, did, I didn't graduate. Um, you know, I had uh, specific skills, but didn't know where to put them. And, you know, and it was just like this whole thing. But what was really funny was that I kind of put myself in there because my parents were, like, professionals. Yeah. <laughs> but... They were professionals with their own businesses, but at the same time, the businesses were, I mean, it, it was old Detroit. Yeah. It was, you know, you could walk out your door and find crazy shit. Yeah. Our next door, literally across the street next door to us was a methadone clinic. And my dad would get up every morning, open up his business, 
kick the methadone, kick the, the, the addicts out. Yeah, the heroin addicts off the doors and off of our front stoops and be like, gone. And then he would open up the doors. So, I mean, if you wanted to find it, it was there. Um, but it was living all around you. Oh, yeah. It was, it was chaos all the time. Yeah. Like, even family life, because we lived on one side of the, of the world to the other world. So it was the east side, west side. So we had this weird world. My dad had the businesses on the east side, and then we were raised on the west side. But I think this is where I get, like, the non-sleeping thing. Because yeah. my dad, to this day, we never saw him sleep. Really? Right. Like Dracula? Exactly. Like, we would fall asleep, and my dad, you know, would be like, uh, you know, and then he would be up when we woke up. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it would be like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? And the funny thing was is that we kind of inherited his position because we went to school on the east side also. So we went to Catholic school in grade school, and my brother went to, to uh, Catholic school high school, and my other sister went to Catholic school high school. When we were talking about Eastland yesterday, my, my, my sister went to Regina, and my brother, Scott, went to... Um, uh, Notre Dame, which were two schools mm-hmm. right next to each other. Yeah. Right? And then, um, so with all that, you know, like, we would work, we would go to school, like, literally, check this out, we would wake up from the west side. Either we'll catch a bus, or we'll do something, you know, to get to school. Mm-hmm. That was early morning. That's five, yep. four o'clock, five o'clock, because you got to get up, because you got to make it to the east side. Yeah, it's not so a the, small trip. That's a hike, yeah, right? right? So you get on the bus, bro. Check this out. You get on the Grand River bus all the way downtown to get on the gra- to get to the Gratiot bus. Then you get on the Gratiot bus, and then you catch that. Now, mind you, this is Detroit back in the day. So that yeah. means we're talking about transportation moving at mm, snail's pace. Yeah. And so you would have to get that and then catch the grass bus and then get off at your school and then walk to school because it wouldn't drop you off right in front of the school and then right. you would go to school. So that's like an hour and a half right there. Just to get to school. Just to get to school. Then you would get up. This is me too. Yeah. All of us. And what would happen is like we would get off out of school. Either your dad would pick me up or I catch a bus downtown or whatever. I mean back downtown to Detroit. Work until the sun goes down. Yeah. And when the sun is down, you got to restock the shelves. Yeah. My dad had a business on the other side. He had to finish shit there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's either you sleep at the place or you stay up, you help. Right. And then we go home. It was crazy, man. It was a hustle all the whole time. It was an amazing hustle. Did because you struggle in school academically? Was it no, something? No. That was one of the bad things about me is that that was why I left school. Is because Dude. I was way past all that. Right. Because I went to Catholic school, and then when I got into my high school years, well, that's another story. I, I got kicked out of the archdiocese. That's how many schools I went to. Yeah. <clears throat> but why were you getting kicked out? Uh, let's just say this. I wasn't a bad kid, but mis- mischievousness yeah. was my, um, yeah, you my have that. forte. You still have that. I am literally, I yeah. could stir your pot yeah. just sitting here staring at you. Oh, and no. I would do I that. Dude, I, I would do it. And I had the key, the key to that, and nobody liked it. Yeah. Teachers didn't like it. Yeah, you just knew what buttons. Oh push. God, dude, I was, I, yeah. I'm wicked with my tongue. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I, dude, it's you come at me and yeah, yeah. I know. I've, it's, you've, you've uh, I've been victim of that a couple times. And that's what I do. But it's all in love. Nobody realized it that. It is funny. <laughs> it's great. Because it's, you don't mean it. That's it's a great love. Thing, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's, if I do that to you, it means that I appreciate you. 
That's how you're just covering your tracks. Of course, yeah, that too. But you know, I can't stand so you. So teachers, but. you're you're buttoning up against teachers. You're mischievous, yeah. and the whole to thing. the point where you're getting to kicked the, out. Yeah, but to the point, yeah, I got kicked out of a lot of schools, a lot of schools, and my dad got tired of it. So by the time I reached into the into the the high school level, it was it was enough of that. So when I was in um, eighth seventh grade. Mm-hmm. They uh, no eighth grade, heading into eighth grade. They were like, "Screw that! He can't go to school in the archdiocese." Boom, boom, boom. So my parents were like, "All right, public school." So they put me in a middle school. I don't know if you know what a middle yeah. school is. Oh yeah, yeah. So they put me in there, which is where I learned graffiti. Yeah, to be honest with you, really. Yeah, it's literally the first time. Was this I, Detroit public yeah. schools? Detroit public school, right was... behind my father's store. That's how close it was. Like I couldn't, I could not get away from that. So they put me in this one school. What was the name of it? Knudsen. K-N-U-D-S-O-N. Knudsen. And um, it was a middle school, and I, and I loved it because it was just like I felt like I was in high school, but I wasn't, you know? Right. And I could act like an ass. Yeah. Because it's public school. Now. Oh, God, it was great. No. It was great. <laughs> But then I surpassed that. <laughs> but uh, anyways, but the, so the kid that taught me graffiti was in Newtson. And this was a, a student? Another kid? Another kid that, an check this out. It was weird. I was standing around and I always drew these little drawings. Always wanted to draw graffiti. Don't know why. In my brain. Yeah. No pictures, no nothing. But I always drew these bubble letters and these little things. Even from a kid, mm-hmm. I would draw this. But see, I, I was learning how to do art through my brother. My brother was the artist. artist. He's the guy that would do like... Hours and hours of pencil drawing. Like, he would leave it, go back to it. Hated that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted something more immediate. Because look at me. I'm like, I'm... Right? So, I wanted something that I could literally do fast. Yeah. But I didn't know what it was. So, I kept drawing these little drawings. And then this one kid, dude, at Knudsen, broke the mold. He walks past me. He was an implant. He was one of those kids that just came out of nowhere. They're like, well, new student. Da-da-da-da-da turn around and he's like yo what's up i'm like hey what's up and so we weren't really like true friends but then one day he came in i think it was like the second or third week and i looked and he had on this blue jean jacket and the placket of the levi jacket that one little placket in the back you know that that one little little screen little window there was painted and it had like these little b-boys on it and the graffiti was on it and I thought it was the coolest thing I ever saw. Yeah. And, and I looked. Custom. Oh, dude. I looked at him and I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Like that, right? Yeah. And he goes, what's up? I go, what, what is that? Like, who did that? How is that done? And what's going on? Because now, all of a sudden, it was what I wanted to do. Right. But I saw it in fruition. Right. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. He's, a path opened up. Completely. In brain to like. Unbelievable. Yeah. And he was an implant from New York. Yeah. Parents moved in, came to New York. Sure. But he was only there for like a summer or two. Right? At, the, at your school. Right. So he was like, I'll just show you. Right. So he showed me. He was like, these are the letters. This is what you do. Blah, 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 blah. And I remember one time he taught me all these letters and all this stuff. And then another day he's walking around and I go, whoa, hey, come here, come here. Because I'm doing all these letters and I'm showing them. Like I said, I think he yeah. was like a grade up for me. Yeah. I think he was a grade up. And I'm showing him, and I'm like, yo, yo. And he's like, oh, that's badass. That's cool, you know? And yeah. then the next thing you know, we're on. This is how Detroit was. I'm going to tell you. This is, this is to show you how Detroit was and what and how, like, 
easy it was to do things. We're on the playing field, you know, like the, during lunch. Yeah. And I'm looking at him and I'll go, bro, now that you're showing me how to do these letters, how do I get it up on, the, on, those, on that thing? Because he was running around town putting his name up. Yeah. And I was like, how do you do that? And he goes, what, put my name on, on the wall? <laughs> like that, right? And he goes, like this. And he literally, I swear to God, it was the most beautiful thing I ever saw in my life. To this day, it still rewinds in my head. And I'm like, holy cannoli. He, go, he grabs in his pocket the Levi jacket, pulls out a miniature can. Remember those cans that you bought for spraying your, uh, your cars, your little, yeah. Your, your, yeah, yeah. the little cans? Yeah. He had one in his pocket. He walks over, literally through everybody, goes straight over because the back end of the, of the, of the playing field was um, garages. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it sure. was like the gr- yeah. back of the garages of homes. Sure. He walks literally over to the garage and looked at me. He goes like this. And he literally wrote his name in black letters and put a fuck. Dude, it was the most beautiful thing I ever saw in my life. And I looked at him and I go like this. I go, wow. And from then on, bro, the only thing I wanted was spray paint cans, pencils, and markers. That was it. That's all I wanted. And then you started, when did you, did you start tagging buildings and things like from that, like a traditional sense of just going out and, and just finding services to paint? I found whatever I could. Yeah. Literally. But you were always sketching. Even now, you know, you do a lot of sketching Completely. on the iPad and so, everywhere, but you're sketching all the time. All but the at time. the time back then, so you see this guy tag this garage yeah. and you're like, now I can become a persona. It was crazy. No. Yeah, but I had to find a name. Yeah. My first name? Mr. Yagaboom. No. Wait. Mr. Yagaboom? Mr. Yagaboom. Where does that come from? Because that doesn't sound... Anything. Uh, right. It's doesn't the worst. sound very cool. It's the worst. Actually, it was a nickname that a kid gave me because I was not like everybody. You got to understand. Like, I came from a Catholic school. Yeah. And uh, a professional family. And then... You're going to shove me in the public school system. So that means my mindset is a little bit different. So there goes your Billy Idols and all your <laughs> shit, right? Because now I got both worlds. I yeah. got your Billy Idol, Pet Shop Boys. Yeah. And then over here, I got Houdini, Curtis Blow, yeah. and all that. So there's your mix. Boom. Yeah. But I never could shake. I was always in the middle. There was no way I could, you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. no, my mindset couldn't go this way or my mindset couldn't go this way. I had to figure out how to put them all together. But to me, I guess if I rewound just what, or if I fast forward what you just said, it's yeah. why you work so well in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And you, you have a very quick, uh, you get a pulse on people instantly. Exactly. And it seems to me that you are able to connect, adapt, you're still you, right. but you find whatever is that rhythm you can have with any individual. Oh, yeah, because I, I, I was everywhere. Yeah. My parents would put me in any situation, yeah. and that's what you would have to do. Like in school, like you, you, either you get your ass whooped or you try to find a way up out of it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Especially in public school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I know those are rough, especially in Detroit. They're always like, you know, systematically underfunded and... You know, it was beautiful. Pressures of everything. It was great. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything. The only problem that I found. But you didn't. So why didn't you graduate? 
I didn't graduate. This is this is the problem. That's what I, I, that was what I was going into. The only the only thing that I found out is that because I had the education of of Catholic school, yeah, what they were doing in public school at the level of tenth and eleventh grade is what I did in the eighth mm-hmm. in in Catholic school back then. Sure, yeah. So the books that they were handing us, I would take them, mm-hmm. finish them because I already knew them. So I would finish the books, hand them to the teacher, get on my skateboard, skate away. Mm. Piss them off. Yeah. See? That, there you go. Mischievous? Yeah. A little cocky, maybe? Mm, maybe. Maybe. But I did that because I was over it. Yeah. I was over, you know, the, the, the whole, because um, I was going to school when schools were getting shot up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like I went to Murray Wright, which is nicknamed Murder Wright then. Because, you know, there was a kid that we knew that lived right behind my dad's store that went in and got mad at one of the kids at Murray Wright and went back home and waited for the football game to start. And he shot up the football game with a, with a sawed-off shotgun. So it was all this stuff happening. Yeah. You don't understand what I'm saying? Like, it was this weird vibe. It's tumultuous, but you also had maybe found something that you probably didn't know, weren't thinking about doing as a business, but at least as you found a path forward with art. Yeah, it was an outlet. Academically in school, you're like, nah, right. this isn't even challenging to me. It wasn't. It was, so, I was over it. Because yeah. the further I went up, the more I knew. Right. There. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, if I had a state in Catholic school and I got kicked out of the archdiocese, I'd be yeah. a monster right now. Right. I'd be your, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> but- <laughs> Neil. Neil. NGT. Right? But yeah, but it but then at that time you couldn't. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it was it was either stick around, fight, um, you know, fend for your life, or split, mm-hmm. get on the skateboard and hang out at Wayne State with all the cool kids because there was a mixture of people that I could get along with. Yeah. So when you did you end up just leaving school early, like in senior year, or just left? Not even what? senior year. Yeah. I made it to tenth grade, and I was like, "Fuck this, man." Yeah, yeah. Like I made it and to tenth grade were... to the end, and then I was like, "All right, I'm over it." And then did you move out of your house and all that? Or no, what did, I did. You start bouncing around. I started bouncing around. Like I think I was like around like fifteen or sixteen, and I decided, okay, I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here. And uh, I ended up like living around the streets doing some really crazy stuff, you know, because yeah. then at that time, you know, my brain, now I, now I found a place to go, but where I found the place to go was more or less the place where you could, um, you could do anything and no one would judge you because everyone was like you. Yeah. Like I was, it was like the island of broken children. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like seriously, Wayne State University and CCS back in the day, was the Isle of Broken Children. Hmm. Because everyone that went there was literally not a part of what they were coming from. Yeah, they're on a different frequency. Exactly. And so when we found each other, that's when, you know, ska, punk rock, you know, all all these songs, you know, all this music, Danzig, uh, you know, you you got all these things going through your head, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, suicidal tendencies and all this stuff, you know, these are bands, not suicidal tendencies. But, but all these different bands and all these different kids and all this different stuff. And then you got the white kids hanging out with the black kids and the black kids hanging out with the white kids. And it was like this melting pot. And it just blew my mind. And I, got, I went crazy. Yeah. And I was like, fuck this. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to get high. And I don't 
give two rats ass what anybody says, right? And it was beautiful. It was yeah, the most amazing on, time. You had a you had a good run with drugs and alcohol. Oh my god, I loved it. <laughs> I did. It was probably one of the, that was probably one of the times that I sit there and I go, you know what? I'm glad I made it out alive. Yeah, but I wouldn't trade it for shit. How many times do you think you could have died during those years? Oh my god, how many? <laughs> so they're, they're, you got an abacus. <laughs> uh, I know, right? Yeah. Seriously, because there was millions of times me passing out, me creating problems, me doing stupid stuff, me um, just doing really dumb stuff that would put me in the most precarious positions. Yeah. And this is old Detroit. Yeah. So this means there was no safety net. No, like it was Mm-mm. survival. Of, yeah, uh, this was not. This is this is Detroit when Detroit was like, you are on your own. Yeah, and if you if you find a way to keep afloat, it's not legal. Yeah, well, for sure. Right, because there wasn't much anything legal to Mm-mm. offer people. No, I'm talking about keeping yourself afloat. Yeah, socially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, forget about, like, making money. I'm talking about literally keeping yourself socially afloat and not getting your ass whooped and being in Cass Corridor and getting high and all the rest of that. You were not a legal, upstanding individual. Yeah. Well, like you said, it was an aisle of broken people on Cass, for sure. And I was the leader. (laughs) (laughs) The ringleader. Oh, yeah, just call me. during that time, were you still working on art and and graffiti and tagging stuff, or you were just surviving and and Off and on. Off and on. There was no, like, I was painting, but then I was like, screw that, I want to get high. Yeah, and you disappeared for a while. Oh, my God, I would disappear so long. My parents would be like, is he dead? Yeah. Yeah. Like, seriously, my dad used to come and hunt me down. I used to hang out on the corner at the nigga tree. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we might go see that today. I'm not sure if we'll have time. But yeah, the like, new- uh, you go, so tell me the story of this tree because I've actually I did a portrait of you a long time ago. I know, ago and you there. suck for blowing that, dude. You, well, that was I really have, bad. I'm not having it. And I, you know what? I'm not going back to the nigger tree so you can actually <laughs> do so it you properly. Can, right? No, I'm not having it. I'll accept <laughs> that version, and you can put that out because it. that's what needs to be seen is the mistake <laughs> that happened at the nigger tree. By Brian. It's a beautiful metaphor it is. for life of Dude, everything, right? Completely. So, well, anyway. I screwed just up at tie, the, I screwed I up at the entry. Up. Listen. Not entry. The lighting, the lighting, I didn't. I have the photos. It's not like they're gone. <laughs> I just didn't light it in a way that uh, met my meets my standards at the time. Live with it. Do you remember my legs were all ashy yes. there? <laughs> no, you texted a photo of my legs to Dwayne. And I was like. Ashy, you like, were so. You've dude, never was, seen a white guy dude, get ashy skin. That was young life. Brian, bro. <laughs> That's when you had the phone case that had your name on it. Yeah, he's like, look at my phone case. It's got my name on it. It's really cool. It was my logo, right? Was whatever. My logo. <laughs> You're wearing a logo. What do you say? This Come ain't on. got my name. <laughs> do you see my name? <laughs> this whole phone it was black and it yeah, had white. white. Yeah. Right across a blind, Brian Kelly photos right mm-hmm. here. Not That's even a great. website. It just said his name and photos. Well, everybody knew which phone was mine. Oh, wow. And Ashy right, So back to the tree. And Ashy, well, that was a temporary thing. You know, I just lotioned up and it went away. It was good. And uh, I just licked my hands and wiped my. It was great. 
So I went to, uh, so anyway, we did this port, but we went to this place that was significant to you because explain this tree, where it was in the city and the activity that went down there. Right. And I believe you told me a story about. I don't know if it was almost getting killed there. Or no, something like I that. did. Yeah, it was some weird chick went so, down. That tree, if that tree could talk. Yeah. Okay, first of all, let's let's make your listeners understand where it's at. Yeah. It's in Cass Quarter off of Second and Prentice. Mm-hmm. There was a party store there. Um, it was good enough to stand there and not get harassed by the police because it was Cass Quarter. And um, we just made a spot because we didn't mess with people. All we wanted to do was just drink. It was a cast of characters all the time standing at this corner right there on the corner by the party store every day, diligently, for at least about four to five years. The mm-hmm. um, reason why we call it the nigga tree is because this tree on our corner, because this is like when they were trying to beautify Wayne State, they planted a tree. Literally, this small little tree. Mm-hmm. And they did it all the way down, all the way down this path. And we're like, what? They put trees here? What the? <laughs> right? And we literally, literally uh, watched that tree grow. And the significance of that tree is that that's what we always called it because that was our meeting place. So if we were anywhere or anything, this was before cell phones, this was before anything, text messages, whatever. Mm-hmm. We would yell at each other and be like, yo, at each window or wherever, meet me at the nigga tree. You know what I'm saying? Or meet Mm -hmm. me at this tree. You know, and that was like the place that you could always find us for anything. But anything and everything that could happen negative was established there for me. Crazy, yeah. Like anything. Um, I learned that I was a bad thief. You were a bad thief. Yeah. I learned that I, I, I can't steal, and my lying sucks. <laughs> really? Yep. That's why I'm pretty... pretty but addicts uh, and people, are, they lie all the time. All the time. Still, but you were getting busted all the time. I never even took me all the time. It took me once. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my lying uh, took me... T- my lying came to a point. Uh, my stealing came once. My lying came to this huge point. Yeah. To literally... It was so embarrassing... It went so big. My line went so big till I lied to so many people till I believed it. You and convinced it convinced yourself. Whoa, wait a minute. It came out in print. And when I saw it in print, I was like, <sighs> right? You yeah, know what I mean? Well, yeah, you just, you just shake your head. Yeah. And that was probably the point of my life that, because I, I literally put a lot so of people in the ar- Explain the in print part. So there was a, something written about you? But yeah. an article about you as an artist? Yeah. And you're going through this time, you're painting, you're developing your art career, and but I'm you're the, also a raging uh, party alcoholic. alcoholic. Yeah, oh, God, I was the Just, worst of the worst. But so somehow you get a feature on you? Mm-hmm. So what was the lie in print? Everything. Ever, all of it? Most of it. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it. Yeah, because that was the point of me, because I didn't want to be me. Right. I thought me being me was wrong. Yeah. I thought me being from the east side, west side, learning graffiti um, wasn't cool enough. Yeah. Because um, I was always brought up, you know what I'm saying? Like I told you, I grew up in 
in these weird schools. So being a black kid in all white schools, you get ridiculed. And then being the black kid from the white schools, because you don't talk like them, yeah. look like them, being ridiculed. Yeah. So I was never felt cool. So the only person that actually treated me right was the graffiti artist. Yeah. Right? But that's ironic, too, because I think your brand now... And what I think of you is one of the coolest cats I've ever met. That's like, what's just, up. Yeah, but I mean, it's weird how you it came from this place. It's worked. Um, it's working. <laughs> it's either the lies working on me, mm-hmm. or you actually are cool. It's working. No, but uh, but to see that now become almost this, your whole life and lifestyle is authentic, but it has this veneer of like amazing, you know you living in Germany, you have, you travel, you're doing these big commissions, you've got cool bikes, you've got great clothes, it's just everything is, is on it, you know, it's full throttle, I know you live that way, and I know it's, it's all true, that, you know what I mean, it's all real, but it's just funny that it came from a place that was 180 opposite, completely, of how you felt as a kid, completely, yeah, it took a while, yeah, like, you think it's cool, but to me, I still, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, we were just talking about the slipper thing. Yeah. Like, before this cast. And you're like, well, it seems so, like, a lot of effort. But it's not. It's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ride a bike that's conducive to what I want. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It looks cool to you. But at the yeah. same time, I'm like, yo, that motherfucker gets me to point A to point B. No, you do <laughs> like, ride. that's my transportation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or you're like, oh, look at your studio. Okay, well, dude, this is like a working studio. Yeah. It's just so is that I have like, you know, ADHD. So I try to keep everything so it can be organized. So when I try to look for something, it's there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what looks... It's all survival. Completely. And everything here is utilitarian. I don't think the slippers are survival, but that's... Okay, the maybe they're not. Thing. You were telling me that you just want to be comfortable. I do. At a certain age, you have to come to a point and be like, all right, look, I, I'm going to be comfortable because I don't... I want my largemouth bass slippers when I, I shuffle down to the shower. I want to shuffle. <laughs> I want you to hear me. When my feet slide across the ground, I want you to hear me. <laughs> Loudmouth uh, bass. No, but what I meant by, like, it seems exhausting. Like, I just don't think of it that way. I don't go, oh, Well, man, not everybody's... Hold on. Not everybody's wearing... What do you, what do you call these shoes? What do we got? Now you're gonna get out of my. No, no, no! Come my on, all birds are made of recycled. Exactly. Materials. Ain't nobody look. Ain't nobody like you, man. Like ain't nobody living the IG life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like we all, we all like I, I see these ads on IG that you're wearing on your feet. You know what I mean? And you know, and you got the sweater game. Don't don't play. Uh, don't play me like that. Okay, hold on, everybody. Hold on. Pause. He gonna play me like? Oh yeah, look at your life. You know your stuff and everything. You know, and you know everything I see. No, see I don't, so I'm just saying. This guy has I a sweater. For every occasion in a day. True. True. And He's a lot like, of them don't fit anymore because I got thin. And then I was confident. And that's when I bought all these sweaters, right? Right. I was like, I could not have enough zipper sweaters. Okay, yeah. Because you was because liking that. I was the, feeling it was fit. You, you like that. I was fit. Right. And it was like, they look good on me finally. Wow. Because I wasn't what I am now. Okay. And now the sad part about life, is, Shades, is I'm going to tell you right now. Please. Is when you... Put all the weight back on. Okay. Do you know what a sad thing it is to see all my stacks of sweaters folded at the top of my closet? Just sit? And occasionally I'm like, oh, maybe that one will still fit. Maybe. And then I put it on. And you're... And it's as if Chris Farley put on a child's jacket. Stop. You know? Fat man in a little coat? Yes. No. Stop. That's sad. I think you're playing me. That's the real... I, I don't have the... I still own the collection. I can't wear the collection. 
Dang. So I either have to buy fatter sweaters now. Or, or lose some more weight. But I don't know if I can do that anymore. I don't want you to. No, you look, it looks good on me, right? Dude, this I is how I know okay. you. Yeah. <laughs> you're very, you're, 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 you're what you call stout. A portly, handsome man. There you go. There it is. See? Yeah, I'm okay. Right. I'm all right with it. I'm feeling this, man. Don't. Just don't actually, ask my cardiologist. Actually, about you it. know, put the sweater on. Feel good about it because you and spent your money. Short, on, who cares? The sleeves are up to here. You can't do that. Come on, dude. The weight there ain't gonna mess with the length of your arms. It's broader. Whatever, and dude. It pulls the sleeves. Stop. I can't. I, I'm not falling for that. You can take that someplace. Else. How did this get about me being fat? Because oh, I, you were cracking on me about zipper sweaters and lifestyle. But what I was saying about in, the intentionality of what seems exhausting about having very specific slippers for a specific purpose, right? Is that to me it seems weird to go, okay, slippers. I like the idea of comfort slippers, but I then need to just section this off. Okay, these are for when I go to the shower. This is when I. Another pair for when I get on an airplane. Right. And then another pair when I'm working. Why is that such a hard thing to do? I don't know. My brain just doesn't work that way. So what? You're just going to sit on the airplane for seven hours in the shoes? And, like, kick off your shoes? No, just wear comfortable shoes. You don't have to take them no, off, dude. Man, no, Try some feet. all birds, no, baby. A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S. This is not a sponsorship. <laughs> He is not I'm not even going to start on shoes. Just let it be known, Shades has an incredible <laughs> sneaker collection, and it's ridiculous. I want to know what your annual spend is on sneakers. You don't want to know? <laughs> Do you know what it is? No. Because <laughs> you can't know. I can't. I'll buy a shoe, and I'm like, my girl, she, you know, she, like, we go through this thing, and uh, now it's gotten down to, I've gotten good. When I finish a, a project, I am able to buy a pair of shoes, but there's no rooftop to that. You know what I'm saying? There's no cap to that. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. So I can buy one pair of shoes, but now I'm sitting around, I'm going, damn, them Travis Scott's look pretty good. What is that price on there? 500? Mm. Well, I did just finish the job. Right. Cha-ching. <laughs> Add to cart. Yep. So I'll do... I'll do, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a, a cap yet, and I'm pretty sure it's coming really soon. But, uh, yeah, she, she, yeah, she, she doesn't let me, um, she doesn't let me do what I got to do. All right. Let's, she won't let me be great. Let's hop back. Is there anything else we need to say about that tree? But well, Yeah, what the point, tree, what the tree itself. The, the, the bottom, tr- so... You're going through this time. You're spending four or five years basically drinking and hanging around and doing drugs all up and down. Yeah, 365 ca- ca- days a year, bro. Uh, Cass Avenue. Mm-hmm. You're living like a rat, basically. Oh, yeah, like, dude. Just like, I was homeless, like, yeah. running around, uh, drinking on an excessive rate. Mm-hmm. I mean, from morning to night. Yeah. Passing out. I think that's where I get the sleep deprivation, too. And uh, waking up because I didn't want to get... You know, if you sleep in an alley or somewhere, you wake up or you or something weird. You don't want to be um, caught. You know what I'm saying? Like right. you're like, oh, sh-, you know what I'm saying? So I, I learned how to sleep standing up. I learned how to sleep, you know, like you jimmy a door in an apartment building. And then you go in, go down in the basement towards the back end because there's like a washroom down there. Oh, yeah. And if you go past the washroom, there's another door. And then you could just go into the door and sleep in there for, you know, for the night. 
and then wake up early and get out of there. And then, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that I've done like that. But <clears throat> so when do you eventually hit a bottom? Puberty? Enough? No. <laughs> when you when do you eventually hit the bottom that's like I can't do this anymore you're still painting as an artist yeah I'm painting and doing all kinds of stuff but the one thing that came to 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 the head of okay this is it I had this idea because after like I told you utilitarian is my lifestyle and it has to work even when I was a drunk and I ended up working at uh, a car dealership. I had a small little job, right? And uh, I ended up getting um, the work gear, the Dickies gear, mm-hmm. that re- repels yeah. oil and yeah. everything, right? Because you were working in the garage. Yeah. But I wasn't working in the garage. I was the guy that you came to yell at the garage because I told you what you needed to have done, mm-hmm. right? So we had these jackets. I still got one. It's in the closet. I keep it like a... Like a trophy. Yeah. Said my name. Says Tony. Yep. And it was blue, zip up, and I had the pants and the shirts to go with it. So it was the whole blue gear. Yeah. Those will resist, like, any type of thing. Yeah. So when I ended up getting fired from that job, I ended up, uh, because, you know, I ended up drinking again and just acting a little boggy. And what happened was uh, uh, I, I used to pass out in the streets in it. You know what I'm saying? And when I would wake up, I could just do this. Keep going. Yeah. Or if there's a stain, you know, yeah, get some right. water. Yeah. Boom. Oh, wow. It's great. Right? So, you, so that you took that, that was jumper my gear. that was from your job you got fired from, mm-hmm. but now you're basically, now it's, gear. now it's your house. Now it's gear. Yeah. Yep. House, life, yeah. the whole nine. Can't stand hair. Hair. Me. I ended up hanging out. Found a place to stay with someone that lived in a loft, and I, they had cats. She had cats. Oh. And they were miniature little white cats. Well, it was a big one, and then it had kittens mm-hmm. while I was there. And so it was these little white cats all over the place. So when I would enter, because she wasn't like the cleanest person on the planet, and it wasn't my home. Right. And I was just staying there because she would let me. And uh, I would take off my jacket. And take off my pants, fold them up, and then put them up way up high. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I... Cats. Yeah. I mean, you you couldn't roll it. It was horrible. It was horrible. Like, literally. And so, one day, after all these years, man, out of ducking and dodging and living in cars and, you know what I'm saying, fighting, getting busted, concussions, all this shit, man. I come home one night, drunk out of my mind. I mean, like, when I say, like, literally, so drunk till I lost who I was. For real, for real. Yeah. And almost I, an out-of-body drunk. Completely. And I've had a million of those, but I've always kept composure of some, certain things that meant things to me. Yeah. And uh, I walked into the place. I'll never forget it. I could feel my body right now as I walked in. It was like walking like a, like a scarecrow. And I couldn't get out of my clothes. I just needed to get some sleep. And I passed out on the bed, which was like cat heaven for these kittens. Her bed was like cat heaven. So there was like a layer of cat hair, white cat hair, but I could care less. I just needed to pass out. So I passed out and I woke up and it was like a 
like a sunny day, but it was still cold. I'll never forget it. I think it was like a like an April day, you know, like when it's like really hot when the sun comes in, but if you open up the window, it's cold out. Mm-hmm. And I remember like I rolled, I, I could feel the sun on this side, and I was like, oh, God, right? And I'm waking up, and I look down, and as I roll over, I am head to toe in cat white hair, like head to toe. And I, bro, I don't know what it was, but it was that. It was that. It was that. It was the cat hair. That was the last of everything for me. I was like, all right, do you want to die or do you need to do something? And I had a friend that I tried to get sober with in the past or whatever, and we dated and whatever. And I called her up and I go, I need help. You know what to do because you're the sober one and you've been that for years. So let's do this. And she's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. And I'm literally like, this. Yeah, I got cat hair all over me. No, it, it was hit. I was hit. Yeah. Like I could, I wanted to cry. Yeah. Like because I lost who I was. Right. That was the last of it. And she came and got me and drove me out to Ann Arbor, all the way from Rochester. She came down in Rochester with her kid, and they picked me up, and I gave him a cat. Yep. Nice. And yeah, because it was a kitten, they didn't have homes, right. so I gave the the little girl a kitten, a cat. and I was like, I'm Tony. I'm Tony. <laughs> <laughs> well, she knew me. Yeah. Um, and um, and then they drove me out to Ann Arbor and dropped me off. Mm. Yeah. And that's where I stayed. Well, that was the first run, but then I came right back in a week. Like I, oh, I, you got well enough, and then you're like, you went back out. Yeah, I went back, and I went back downtown. And this is when Library Street was just like this weird. It was the only place in the city that had stores that were kind of like decent. Library Street, that, mm-hmm. that, that street now. And um, Lee, this woman, she had a uh, coffee house with her husband. And I used to frequent it all the time in my sober time. And then I just disappeared. And uh, I'll never forget, like, I went, I came back downtown, had some money, got sober. You, hey. You know what I'm saying? Because right. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, my body's going, okay, you're fine. Yeah. I go back down. And it didn't take long, bro. I got really wasted. And I crawled to Lee. Because she was the only person in the city that was the last that would listen to me. Yeah. Right? Because I literally had put myself in yeah. no man's land. No one wanted to hear you. Oh, no. It was, yeah, it was no man's land for me. Yeah. And so I went to Lee and I go, I need your help. And I looked at her and her husband because it was early in the morning. I fell asleep in front of the coffee shop. There was a coffee shop called Cafe des Trois right there on Library Street. And I, she goes, what's the matter? And I go, I need you. I beg you to drive me back to Ann Arbor. This is like just overnight. It just took me like 24 hours to figure out this was not going to yeah. happen. Yeah. And her and her husband, before they opened up the door, they gave me, they went in, made me a coffee or two or three. I mean, I'm, dude, I'm stinky, I'm smelly. I, I yeah. look like a, dude, I, I really was hit. And they put me in the back of their car and they drove me out to Ann Arbor, bro. Mm-hmm. And they closed the store and they were like, come on, do you know where to go? And I'm like, nope. And this is when computers were just happening. This is when cell phones were just happening. And so she was like, I'll look it up. What's the name of it? And I'm like, it's Dawn Farms. Da, 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 da. And I ended up, they brought me there and I never left. Dawn Farms, is that a, like a, a clinic? A yeah, clinic? it's like a rehab uh, mm-hmm. facility out in Ann Arbor. Yeah. And they kind of like run Ann Arbor when it comes to sobriety. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how long, 
of a stretch did you do there? Just enough that you. I didn't do? actually do Dawn Farms. I actually did Dawn Farms, just the recovery center that uh-huh. they have. Like it's just called the, the the rehab center, where you just spend a week. Yeah. And then they cut you loose, because I wasn't a resident of that area. Sure. I was a resident of Wayne, yeah. not Washington. So I had to stay in the eight million dollar amazing fucking. It was an eight million dollar uh, um, uh, uh, homeless shelter. Wow. Yeah, the Delanis Center, and they cut me loose from there. And they're like, "Well, you got to stay there." They're like, "We can't even put you in Dawn Farms. We can't put you any there, anywhere." They're like, "The only option we have for you is you work out here somewhere and you live in the homeless shelter until you find yourself at a at a at a three quarter house." Which wow. is a three-quarter house that you pay, stay in with other sober people. Yeah. And then you're under uh, obligation to show that you're sober, go to meetings, yeah. and all the rest of that. Yeah. Now, mind you, I'm already, I'm, I'm, I'm locked because I need this. Yeah, you had to get. I you need had to this. Fi- you had to find an, an anchor. Yes. Again. And I wasn't going back to Detroit. Yeah. So I went to the homeless center. Slept in chairs. Ate their food. Food was amazing. They had chefs that came in and cook. You know, fresh food from all the markets. Yeah. Right. I ended up, uh, it went so fast till I was so diligent till if someone tells you can't do it, I got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because they're like, eh. Yeah. I'm like, well, fine then. I can find a three-quarter house. And it just so happened the three-quarter house had an opening around the corner and I had just had got a job. And I was like, all right, cool. And I ended up um, staying there. And, was you this know, the job you had as a garbage man? That didn't come until afterwards. Okay. Yeah, I was doing. I roofs. still love Shades the Garbage Man. I love Shades the Garbage Man. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite jobs of all time, bro. I know you've always said that. No, like for real, for real. What was it about the the act? It of just was riding on a truck and no, it it wasn't just that. It was the whole thing that it would give you. It gave you freedom. It gave you a nice workout. It was clean, and it had probably one of the best feelings. Of I've accomplished something in a day. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. I like it was I, I would never if I could throw still, I would be a garbage man. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Like I would I wouldn't even I wouldn't even hesitate. Did you see the Charlie Sheen uh, whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah, men at work. Was it men at work? Yeah. They were garbage men? Bro, I know was every garbage truck, everything. <laughs> and no, it was not real. <laughs> no. But no, they, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, seriously, anything that could happen to you in garbage happened to me the first month. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, shit blew up on me. Like, literal shit. Yeah. Um, maggots. Yeah. Everything. But once you learn the technique and what you got to do and how to do things, it becomes the most amazing job you ever want to have. And I can see just the repetitiveness of just the motion of it, like, speeding up, slowing down, you get off. You, it, you can just go into a space, Love right? it. Because you don't really... Nope. It's just mechanical. Yep. And, and it's you're almost the a meditation, a relaxation. You're the engine. Yeah. You, you, you are literally the gear. Yeah. You don't have... Right. There's no... The speed that you set is the speed that you go. Mm-hmm. That's why I like riding fixies. Yeah. Because the speed that I set is the speed that I go. I like control. Yeah. And that was control. And you were by yourself. So you would throw the, you know, because we had the mechanisms then, you know, the trucks, yeah. the proper trucks. Nah, you know, I got fired after it went automated because my brain went into mush. Hmm. It wasn't physical. Yeah. You know. Well, bring me back. Are you still painting during this time? No. Just focused on sobriety? Yeah, I just wanted to get, living. yeah, I was um, like, yeah, let me get a, I was into the 401k. 
Yeah. And I wanted a house in Ann Arbor, but a big yard. <laughs> I did. That's all I wanted because that was my mentality. I thought that was like the way to go. So how do you get back to Detroit and then start painting again? And then I know we're, I'm trying, I'd love to, it's hard because the story is talked for five hours, you know. This is even, a six, seven hour. Oh, for sure. For real. Like this could be, this could be a literally, a, probably one of the longest podcasts you ever could have because my life literally is, is a, is a, freaking movie and it cannot be said <laughs> it cannot be said in short synopsis to get the full range of what I'm No, I know and especially when you're living that many lows and incredible highs and everything <clears> else <throat> that's happening it seems like even in your sobriety of like yeah. how long have you been clean now long time know. yeah like what like 17 18 yeah. years still crazy stuff happens to you all the time all the <laughs> time <laughs> yeah it's always some story like there's it's amazing. You yeah. tell me some story, and it's like, how does this even happen? How? How? How do yeah, you intersect? I, this energy you have, whatever is attracted to you, it seems to be kind of this beautiful chaos. It's ridiculous, beautiful chaos. Yeah. Literally. Like, it's, it's, and, and I, and, and it's, I can't, like, I, like you're saying, like, I can't tell you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's like, like, I'll be sitting here and I'm like, huh? Did that just happen? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll sit down and I'll be like, wow. That just did not happen. Because, you know, I mean, the, like, like, okay, but I live my life vicarious. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have any type of thing. Like, if anybody asks me, how do I live my life? Like, you might have, like, you might have a business plan. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I just do. You're right. And, you know, like, all these different things, like, all these people are like, how do you do this or how do you do... I don't know. Yeah. I think there's parallels to that even in my business. Like, I, I, people always want to get started. They want to go grab coffee and see how you did it. It's mm-hmm. like, it, there is no path. What I did won't work for you, and what I'm doing won't work for somebody else. No. And, but it's, you know, what happened between you and me, the only, the commonality of our business is we just did it. We just somehow. Yeah, I had no other choice though. Yeah, neither did you. Oh, I I was talking to Dwelle about that yesterday. It's just like I don't have an out. I don't have any Mm -hmm. other plan B. No, I don't know what else to do. Nobody wants me to do anything else. Right. They don't. Like I, I'll try. I'll try all kinds of shit, but I'll, I'll I'll succeed. (laughs) No one's ever come to me and said, "Hey, Brian, we like you and your business, but I think you should come work for us full time." No Nobody. one's ever said that. No one's ever no said one's, that. No one's coming. What's it's the matter like, with us? They're like, he seems fine doing this little whatever yeah. else he's doing. Yeah. Just leave him alone. He's a broken toy. <laughs> a misfit? Yep. No, I'm not. Well. You are. Not, not in the way that you explained it, but I do sort of feel artists in general are on another frequency. We have and no just other kind jo- of like out. Yeah, we all, we all go into a different world. Yeah. Mark, real quick. Uh, will you snap just some BTS with your phone, too? When you get to it. Um, but just that sort of idea of like, you're not, your entire income is based on what your mind and your hands produce. Everything. And that is, and for me, you know, it's Cameron, whatever. But it's just an unusual way to do it because no one needs, no one needs what we have. We're not selling milk and sugar and flour and... Um, you know, it's not a car. It's not something utilitarian. Nope. I. This. 
right. Done? We could have done that. <laughs> you can do that anytime. All right, man. It's put down. I'm putting down the phone now for everyone that's not in looking at the video because I'm upsetting him and throwing him off uh, his game because I'm over here taking selfies you you and other pay- stuff. Yeah, we're taking selfies. Whatever, bro. Anyway, nobody needs what you're doing. Like, it isn't, you're not curing cancer. You I'm curing I mean? everything. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm curing, you know what I'm curing? I'm, I'm, I'm curing the, uh, the, 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 the mundane, nasty, dreary monotony that you walk through every day. And I'm giving you a whole new perspective on life by adding a splash of color. I like that. I like where that's going. You like that? Well, it's, there's truth to it. Of course there is. Yeah. Um, but my point is it's more of a want than a need. You know? Yeah, completely. It's not a... No. I am not... Yeah, I am not a need. Right. Because you can throw a fresh coat of a solid paint color and you're, uh, on a building and, and you're, you're freshened it up. You could just do your thing. You just whatever. Yeah. But when you commission shades to... I am a paint, specialty. Yeah. And it takes a particular type of person to want what you do. Of course. And what it looks like. Yeah, you can't. Because you have a voice through your work. It's very consistent. Like, you know a Shades mural when you see one. You see a Shades canvas. It's obvious that you created it. Yeah, people have... uh, Actually, a lot of people have, um, within the years... Who was I talking to a couple of days ago? They're like, I can look at something and see that you did it. Yeah. No, it's for real. You know? And... That's what you strive for as an artist. Exactly. Like, if someone sees it, you're like, okay, that's who did it. Yeah. Or that's who did it. And that's probably one of the coolest feelings. You know, when, right. when, he, when he told me that, I was like, really? Because at first I was like, huh? You know what I'm saying? Like, you think about it and you're like, what? But then it comes off and you're like, holy cap. I literally have yeah. made something into a recognizable situation yeah. that is mine. You know what I mean? Like, everyone wants that one thing that everybody goes, such and such did that, or such and such did that. Right. And well, we've come well, up with that. the same thing, like, you know, to use, yeah. like, cliches, it's like, you knew a Picasso, you knew a Rembrandt. Everybody, yeah. You knew, uh, you know. Everybody you know, sees you know a, a Brian Kelly. You see a Rothko. Bro, someone looks at your photo, they know you did it. I'll bring it. All right, here we go. Seriously. No, thank you. But I'm saying, yeah. like, I can look at certain things, and I know it's a Brian Kelly joint. Well, and I, there's photographers I respect, and now you follow them. It's like, yeah, I don't even need to see their name. I'm sure you have the same in whatever stuff you're looking at, other creators and other mediums. It's like, if you admire their work, like, you don't even need to... You see it coming down, scrolling through your phone. It's like, you know yep. who shot that. Well, yeah, you, paint, you, yeah you can see just a little bit. Yeah. We were just it's talking about Wayne Lawrence. You can yeah. see his stuff, and literally, you know. His hands are all on it. Yeah, he's a monster, Wayne Lawrence. I have so much respect for that guy. I love that guy. Shit. Yeah, and he shot you for uh, Nat were you Geo. On the cover of Nat Geo? Nat Geo. You were on the cover. Shades from Detroit. Tony Ag. The alcoholic. The, yeah, the gutter drunk. Yeah. Yep. Living the in pu- cars, the in the irre- alleys, yep. in basements. That guy. Has transcended Two. enough that a renowned photographer Wayne Lawrence yep who's from I think he's from uh oh what's the beach in uh Brooklyn anyway it doesn't matter he's from New York yep comes here to this studio with his big camera this one and he creates a portrait of you that becomes the cover ridiculous of National Geographic magazine exactly and you're the face of Detroit 
Explain yeah. how that happens from Tony, who should have died 5,000 times. 5,000 or more. Yeah. Throwing garbage with maggots yep. and shit all over you. Yep. In Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. trying to get sober, just hanging on. Yep. Found something. Little Fast little forward 20-some years. Yep. And you're on the cover of National Geographic. A fucking Man. National Geographic. Do you know how that felt? That, that was the weirdest time. Because you know what? I it wasn't of, that long ago. It was like three no, years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was like three-some years ago. Yeah. But the funny thing was, hold on, pause. I was literally going on the cover as I was having one of the biggest, hugest clients that I've ever had. And I was taking care of them. And I wasn't even in town when it dropped. So when I saw it, I didn't even see it. People were showing it on me on Facebook. Right. I didn't even see it. Yeah. The only time I saw it was like probably like two days later because I was too busy painting a mural. Right. So go figure. You, you know what I mean? Like, like something... That's- that's the most ridiculous fucking thing. It's like you're sitting there going, I'm on the front of National Geographic, but I haven't even seen it. But everybody else has. Right. That's just the crazy. If you could sum up your life, that is the, the mystery of Shade's life mm-hmm. with your incredible talent, your drive, your perseverance. Right. Like that is, that's the abridged version of your podcast life. Completely. Is misfit in school. Let's break it down. Let's review it. Wow. Yeah. We're about to the, All right here, now. We I've cracked the code for shades. This is, is a this is here a monumental is. moment yeah. that Brian is actually going to put bullet points. Here we go. On my life. You crack the code. What? Go to school. You're not fitting in a Catholic school. Nope. Black kid in white schools. Yep. You get kicked out of the whole diocese. Damn. They wouldn't even send you to another parish school. Damn. They're like Damn. the diocese like, "Nope." This whole territory, not for you, Shay. Not even. Then you go from there to uh, public school. Yep. And now you're the the two white black kid going into a black school, which was hilariously wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, you uh, you end up dropping out. You don't finish. Yeah, you start exploring yeah. art. Yep. You start exploring graffiti. Sure do. You become uh, a street. Person. Oh yeah, that, that's putting it mildly. I was a bum. Bum. <laughs> like literally, the ever sense of every word of the word bum. Yeah. And then you hit bottom. You come out of it. You're still starting, or you know, you still haven't forgotten about your art, but you're not practicing because you're so focused on sobriety. No, I'm the visceral personification of a phoenix. Yeah. True. Have you painted a phoenix before? I'm about to. All right. Literally, that's my next commission. Yeah? I want it. Yep. Make two. Got it. <laughs> Can't afford it. That's right. <laughs> but the... Uh, we'll make a trade. Yeah, but then, no, I mean, that rise. So you go through that, you start... So when do you start... I mean, this whole narrative that from that arising out of the wreckage that you created for yourself in your life, just yeah. through your own ambition and your own, like, lack of mischievousness and then falling into what you fell in and you, mm-hmm. you shake all that off and you get out of it and you start climbing out of it and then eventually these are all very condensed because there's a lot of decades in there there's tons of decades yeah covered National Geographic as the face of Detroit crazy right yeah that is insane that makes no sense it doesn't there's no there's no way of me literally putting it all in 
an aversion for someone to understand that's the way that you make it. It's every day, every minute, right? Yeah, dude. You got to understand. I'm throwing, dude, I'm throwing darts at a, at a board literally with, with blinders mm-hmm. every day to this day. Hoping you hit a bullseye. Oh, dude, I hit them. Yeah. But I don't know how. Yeah. That's a, I didn't train. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just put them on. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah. They spin me around. They're like, can you find a dartboard? I'm like, where is it? And I go like that. And next thing you know, I'm like, oh, just yeah. throw it. And next thing you know, it happens. Because you know why? I put faith in myself. I don't, I don't put faith in anyone else except for myself, and I believe in me. Right. And if I, if I fuck up, I fuck up. Right. And I'll owe up to it. I'm yeah, like, you, you know what? It. I'm like, dude, I, I fucked up. Right. To clients, to people, to everything. Yeah. Because that's what I said when I, was, when I was younger and I was lying and I was bullshitting. It was so fucked up. Like, it never made me do anything right. Yeah. When you owe up to something and you let people know, look, I'm a, I fucked that up, bro. And you have every right to be pissed. Mm-hmm. If you give me a moment to make it right, or we could just part here. Yeah. You know how good that feels to that person that's pissed off? Yeah. They're like, you know what? I don't want you here. No, it's true. And I try to do that with clients. For one, I'm trying really hard not to fuck up. No, you but, do. Right. But if you but, do. Uh, you're going to. It's dude, life. Everybody's human. You, you know mess, how many fucking clients are fucked up? You drop the ball. It gets messy. You're also. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that you go and own it. Mm-hmm. Even in the midst of the problem I created for in a situation, uh, sometimes the outcome of that can actually be stronger than when you started. Oh no! Because they see how hard you're working to get back on. How about that integrity? Right. I got one for you. How about fucking up and you didn't do anything yet, and it's just just because of what you did in your past, and mm-hmm. they they have no idea. It's just because they're associated with that person. Yeah. <gasps> dun 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 dun. Yeah. Where do you climb from there? Do you give up it's or do you way. try to get back that client because yeah. that other person talked about you? Sure. Dun, 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 dun. Mm. Yeah. I live it. And it's a small town. It's, it's a small, small big fucking town. world. Right. No, Perfect. for real. Yeah. I've traveled it and ran into this situation all around the world. Yeah. When I hear a name, I back up and I'm like, I'm like, you might hear something. Seriously. I'll yeah. tell a client. Right. I'd be like, you might hear something, and you could either believe it yeah. or understand that this person is really bad. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I'm in the middle of New York with one of my biggest clients ever, who's my family, Fiat, and down the freaking chute, here it comes. Yeah. I'm there doing a TV show, I'm a guest appearance, and I'm running a fucking gallery with them, and some shit comes down the tunnel. That was literally like seven years, ten years down the waist. Yeah. Fuck that, that, that. Right? And thank God because I put it out there. Right. They brought it to me and was like, what did you do? You know what I'm saying? They're like, dang. Because, like, I mean, I hate to say this, but this is what they said. <laughs> They're like, did you fuck his girlfriend or something? <laughs> and I'm like, no. I go, this has nothing to do with him. Right. This is him hearsay. To the point of him wanting to say what he had to say. Right. And it went down like that. And there's a lot of situations like that that I have to go into that a lot of people will sit there and don't know anything about it except for what they heard or what has been told to them or what has been done. And I have to live that life. Yeah. But I have to owe up to it. Right. I can't dodge it. You understand well, what I'm saying? Well, it's in the room. Well, I, it's, it's the it's elephant in the room. You completely. Gotta, yeah. Literally. So. Dude, I'm in London. Yeah. 
and some shit went down. And I'm like, okay. But I told you. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I told the person before it went down, I'm like, this is what's going to go down. Yeah. And they're like, nah. I'm like, yeah. They're like, nah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and literally, bro, seriously, in London, in a van, the shit goes down. In a van. We're talk- <laughs> you know how small a van is? Especially European vans. Dude. And I'm sitting there like this, and I look over at the person. I'm like, told you. Yeah. I go, I told you. In, a, in the most specific way that I could. Yeah. So you live these things. Right. And this is why I'm so honest. This is why I'm so brutal. This is why I'm so, uh, you know, like everything that I say is not a hatchet. It's me literally telling you. Because guess what? If no one else will tell you, I am. Right. You understand? And I want you to do the same for me. And I don't take it as you, like, grueling me. And I don't take it as you, like, looking at me going, oh, well, you know, like, oh, my God, he's trying to defeat me or whatever. No. If you tell me the truth, you're my friend. Right. If you floss and, and, and glossify everything and make me feel like I'm doing the right thing just because, dude, you're not my friend. Right. No, it's, it's definitely that, – that is that – that's the core of – it's core family and good friends. That's it's, what I do for like, everybody. Right. I do it with clients. I tell them yeah. brutal honesty. Yeah. I'm like, this shit is crazy. Right. You guys have got the most craziest fucking shit going on in here. I've never been in the whitest fucking place ever. And we're not talking about skin. We're talking about the building itself. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? You know? Right. And I'll be like, they'll be like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, yeah. I go, you need some fucking color. Like, right, right here. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, well, you know, like, if I went in there and wasn't myself. Yeah. Then who am I going to be when I paint that wall? I can't. You what can't. all of a sudden I'm going to, no. you know, all of a sudden I'm just going to like pretend that I'm somebody else with you. Right. And then when I get up on the wall, I'm like, you know, and they'll right. be like, who the fuck is that? Right. No, you, you are the same shades. I've never seen a different version of you. I have no. There's, <laughs> there's one. No, there's just there's one. one there's <laughs> one. There's one. But then there is a certain part of me that, that will go into a retreat. See, I'm, I'm not. People have a dif- a difference of opinion with me because they don't know me, and I'm a very private person. I'm a very private person, but I'm a very open person. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. So it's like mainly most of the stuff that I do, like I walk softly, like no one knows that I'm doing what I'm doing because I do it right. because it's none of their fucking business. To be honest with you, so my personal life is nobody's business, but. My business, I try to tell you as much as I can. Yeah. And I try to put it out there so people can understand this is what I do. But it's like I try to keep it as, 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 as quiet as I can keep it because I'm an introvert. No, I think that's, that's something I recognize in a lot of artists. I think they're, they can be outgoing. I'm the same way. I can be on and ongoing uh, and energetic at times, and other times I'm just in my own head. Mm-hmm. I've been around when you're just like, your energy's different. Yeah. You're just in this thing, and you don't have to. And then other times. I don't do crowds. Right. I don't do people. Yeah. I hate people. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't do the crowd thing. Yeah. I, you, dude, you invite me to anything, and guess what? You might see me for like five minutes, and I'm gone. Yeah. For real, for real. Because I don't like people at all. Yeah. And, the, the, and it's not because of them. It's just I, 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 I get sweaty. Yeah. I get weirded out. And it's just not my thing. So literally, typically, I, I, I am diagnosed as an introvert. Yeah. But my extrovert comes out because 
of that's who I am also. Yeah. But that's the Batman and Bruce Wayne. I like it. You like that? I like the Batman and Bruce Wayne. I just said that, yeah. and it worked. It worked. Well, what other uh, superhero comic heroes are you like? Uh, Darkwing Duck. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's get dangerous. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, the, I, the last thing I want to ask you, so I, we could talk forever, but I want to... No, we can I, still keep talking. I, I want to know... I, what would you want to know? I want to know at what point after Ann Arbor... I want to know what you're thinking. Tell me what's on your mind. Eighties band. Oh, that was good. Thompson Your energy. Twins. Is that no? That's was A B C. A B C. All right. Come Thompson, on. Thompson Twins had some good ones. Then they got. No, I want to ask you. So you're you're doing garbage in Ann Arbor. When when at some point, just take me to the point where you started to actually make money as a graffiti artist, and you're not just tagging and practicing on buildings or on your own drawings or all that stuff, but you actually had people saying, "Here's." Here's some cheddar. Here's my money. Go make something. Take my money. When did that start in that journey? You, the funny thing is, because see, this is, this is a tricky part. Because the, the good thing is, is that this is where I, I solidified who I was in this city. Because I was the hugest. I pushed graffiti so hard till I even worked for the city at one time. Mm-hmm. Doing graffiti art in schools. With after school programs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I pushed. Yeah. And it was between me, this is back in the day. So we're talking about uh, it was me, uh, Kevin from, um, oh God, what is his name? Oh my God, he's gonna kill me. Oh God. I have Kevin Hansen. He had this gallery in uh, Eastern Market for many a fucking years. Like, he was the gallery that everybody would go to in the Eastern Market with urban art or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, he would put on any show. Right. After parties, the whole nine. Kevin Hansen was that guy. Yeah. And it was me, him, uh, another official, um, I think her name was Maureen. I think her name was Maureen or something like that. And then there was um, Al Fields. And we all bonded some type of weird way till each person, it was like two officials and two gutter rats. Yeah. Right? Me and Kevin, Al and, 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 uh, and Meredith. 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 And so we went on this bus tour. We went all around this city to show like, where the graffiti was and what we could do. So that happened. But on top of that, I was making this money slowly. And I'll never forget, um, there, was this, there was this woman, her name was, um, oh, God, you, it's killing me. Because, see, these are, this is really important to know. Um, she was, she was a, um, a PR person for all the techno guys back in the day. And her name was um, Fudge. And you can't look her up. Hmm. You can't because I don't even know where she's at. Anyways, it'll come to me. Oh, I feel really bad. Anyways, she, she hired me to paint her bathroom. And um, when I did her bathroom, she ended up uh, 
it, she, she, I, I wanted to charge her a lot because now I'm getting, you know what I'm saying? Like I mm-hmm. got a job. So when you're a first graffiti artist, you want to tax people so bad. You know what I'm saying? You're like, right. you pay me. You right. know what I'm saying? But I didn't have any, I didn't have any, I didn't have my Banksy's to, yeah. to float off of. Right. I didn't have this back in the day. You got to mind you, I didn't have anybody. It right. was just me. Yeah. So I couldn't be like, you owe me this for this because right. I did this because they get paid for that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it was like this weird thing. And so um, Lisa Moss, Lisa Moss, that was her name. And she was the PR person for like Derek May and all these guys, right? So when after I did her 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 um her um her bathroom, she was like, okay, look, I'm not gonna whatever you're asking for, buddy, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She's like, fuck you. I asked you to paint my bathroom because I liked your art. Yeah. Other than that, you can go fuck yourself, basically. Yeah. But good lesson. Right. But she was like, I do have an offer. Right. And I'm like, what's your offer? She goes, okay. She goes, I, want, I see that you want to get yourself out there and everything. She goes, I'll do some things for you. She goes, I'll put your name out there and see who bites. And if you can, it goes, she goes, there'll be like a couple of charity things or something like that. You can do them. Right? I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just give me my little $200. I'm out of here, right? Right. So I'd go and do my thing, you know, making a little money here, a little money there. This is why you never turn down. This is why I never turn down anybody. Nobody. It could be an aunt that walked in my door and had like Fifty fucking dollars, and was like, "I need you to paint something for my house. I will literally work with you to work that fifty dollars." Mm-hmm. Because you know why? I didn't go to school for this. Right. It's free, and it's a god-given talent. Yeah. So what the fuck am I gonna do? I'm gonna turn you down. Yeah. And you want it? You might be the purest form of my fan, the person that really fucking appreciate it more than the person over here. Right. She ended up having me do. I swear to God, bro, it was the most. It was like the worst two years of my life. For two years, bro, I was doing these charity events. Charity, Spending, like live charity for free. Yeah, charity, 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 and cost you money in materials and stuff, right? Right. Can I'm doing the chair affair. Yeah. I'm doing this right here. I'm doing this affair. This yeah. blah blah blah. Da 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 da. Right. I was even doing stuff with Diffa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm doing. I did this whole wall with uh, a mirror. Did this whole Diffa wall, three stories tall. You know, I got the article, the whole nine. And next thing you know, bro, I'm going to tell you something. After two years of doing that, I thought it was done. Because I was like, I'm not doing it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Fuck this. But do you understand when you're out there, people are looking at you. Right. And those who come to those charities weren't the people that were like influencers at that time. But as time went on, they ended up getting different positions. Right. Right? There's nothing but business people at these charities. They saw you at an event. They're like did something right. They put something in the bank. They're like, yeah, okay, yeah. Four years later, hey shades, right? Looking all over. I for met you. you at the Diffa something, and you and I we totally yeah. clicked, and you yeah. were cool as fuck, right? Can you do something for me? Yeah. What's that? I need you to paint this car for me for such and such and such. You do what? Right. You work for who? <laughs> do I even know you? Right. What the fuck do you look like? Right. But I treated you just the way I wanted to treat you because yeah. that's the way I am. Yeah. And every person, you know what I'm saying? You, it is a true form of that. Every time you step out your door, you represent yourself. Well, it's true. And I'll relate one other sort of similar thing. That Stop Mark, relating to my Mark, stories. Mark. <laughs> I'm just trying to find uh-uh. a way to wedge no. I'm just trying to find no, a way No, you look, man. This is, my, this is my time. No, no, no. So the only thing I relate to is the Detroit Portrait Project that I started <laughs> that when we met was that I didn't do it for money. 
I did it, and it's the all, the co- all the connections, right? So out of that, I get all these friendships, and then one of them is Jeremy Deputat, mm-hmm. who becomes my sweet mate in a studio in this building. No, like sweet, S-U-I-T-E, yeah. sweet mate. We, we shared a studio expenses, okay? <laughs> we shared rent. Then, but out of that, I end up getting one of the bigger shoots of my life because he's shooting Eminem mm-hmm. and he couldn't do a gig and so he he's passed like, it off to my the one guy he could trust with his a client. And here you are, you're like the face of like when Eminem went off. Like <laughs> yeah, I broke his career basically. Yeah, no, but like, but that's how it happens. But it like started seven. It, t- it started seven years ago. Yeah, that was a seven year. Cycle. Snowball that happened. Yeah, and it but nothing happens overnight. And see, no. this is not an immediate situation for us. Right. This is years and years. The reason why we're having this podcast is because it takes years and years to be where we're at. Right. This is not an overnight success story. No. I'm 49, going on 50. So there's no reason. There's nothing going on except for 49, and I'm sitting here and I'm still ecstatic because I get called by whomever mm-hmm. to do something. Yeah. That's where it stands. Quick story about last night. It's not a relation. Hold on. He's trying to relate. We're, we're with. Uh, we're ha- we're getting Mark. Me. Mark, this better not be the Pepper story. It's not the Pepper story. I already put that story out. Story story. Story story. story. <laughs> That's <laughs> a story of a whole other color. So we went to cigars with with uh, me, Mark. You didn't go because no. you you just cashed out. You had work to do. Yeah. And because uh, I'm so a grown we up. Outside. We're we're outside just talking. Dway. Grown up. Mark and me, and this guy comes up, a street guy, and he's reading spirits. He's like, I'm going to tell you something about you. <laughs> and he's like, or he's telling Mark, you know, I'm going to guess your age. And he was pretty close, but it's pretty easy to guess him. And then he gets to Dwelle. He hit, he gave him a range. You're either 39 to 50. It's nice. like, yeah, come on, man. That's, that's, that's such a, a big broad. Range. That's too wide. That's And awesome. then to me, he goes, you're 36. <laughs> I'm 51. <laughs> 36, I was like, how much money do you need? Right. You, okay, look, you, like, yeah. you look like you need $20. I gave him some money because I was like, he said I look 36. There you go. But, uh, <laughs> but the point was that you're planting seeds. You're going forward. You don't know who you meet that it's going to become significant you have no five, idea. ten years later. It's that guy. It's that guy who you take care of. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? It's not this guy. Because that guy is already established. Right. It's this guy that you go... What's up, man? You all right? You got some water? You yeah. cool? Everything groovy? All right, cool. Because guess what? I see you and I recognize you because you're here because of what I did, but you're going to be me one day. Right. You never know. You never know. But especially on the client side, especially when you do things for free, that's the thing. There's a lot of controversy or, you know, just that thing. Artists do get asked all the time, way more than they should to do things for free and not getting yeah, paid you, to do stuff. Like, that's a whole nother no. conversation. But the point is there is a balance between doing things because it's the only thing you know what to do, and you don't know if you do something for free for a charity. At least it benefits a charity. You're not just doing something for free. Right. But I still do charities. But event, Yeah, of course. And, you know, there's stuff I do all the time that's, uh, you know, I just I'm in that $200. Like, I'll, do, I'll figure out your 200 bucks, Dude, whatever you got, we'll make it work. Yeah. And so, but you just, I guess the point is, you know, you never know any person you meet anytime mm-hmm. can come back. That's like, I try not, I try so hard mm-hmm. to not offend people or just, just be nice. That's it. Yeah. You don't have to, it's not offending them, yeah. but you can, you can, you can relate to them. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I was a garbage man. I was a bum. Yeah. How much more can I relate to anybody? Right. I can relate to anybody. Yeah. The way you see me is just me. If I can see a person and see what's up, that's instinctive because I was in the streets. And guess what? When I was in the streets, I didn't know who was what. And right. especially in Cass Corridor, you could be walking towards me, which was nobody on the street most mm-hmm. of the time. And when you walking towards me, I had to equate what the fuck you were all about. Right. I had to look at you a block away with the way you walk, the way you look, and everything that you're about to see if you was actually going to come to fucking try to steal something from me, stab me, rob me, or maybe just fucking just be cool as fuck. Right. Well, and then on the other side of the coin is you're working with uh, uh, the Dan Gilberts of the world, billionaires. Yeah, Danny. Billionaires. Yeah, yeah everybody's and, dope. And they're like, yeah, I want you to do this thing in my house, yeah. which is ridiculous, one other property. I've done some crazy shit, bro. I know. But that's the range. I have the most like, amazing. Are you going to stab me, or are you going to like commission me for an amazing job? In, here's in a here's a funny one. Homes? Here's a funny one. I actually painted a police station. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. West Bloomfield Legally. came out of West Bloomfield came out of nowhere, and was West like, Bloomfield. "Can you paint our workout facility?" And I was like, "Come again." Yeah. Hold on. That was the most nervous shit. That's where the fire works out. Hold on. Pete does. It's in the station. I drive up. I called my sister. I called the girl I was dating at the time and everybody that I knew. I even told the chat. I was like, if I don't come out of here, somebody bail me out. Seriously, because yeah. I because you talking to dude, I thought it was it's a the serious, old trick where like you get I, something to me. It's like come pick up your free. Uh, no, you TV. think I'm lying? I'm dead yeah. fucking serious. You my heart, this. my heart was so dude. I rolled up there. <laughs> Seriously, I rolled up there. I even told him when when the shit went down and it was legal, like straight up. I looked at him. I go, I thought all y'all was about to fucking bust me. Seriously, so I go in into this into this into this place, sweaty palms. I literally felt like I was like twenty three again. I was twenty three again yeah. being set up. I go in, and as soon as the guy comes out, it's one guy, he has a bald head. He's the nicest fucking guy you ever yeah. want to meet. Every but, cop has a bald head. No, but this, like. hold on, this was a good one. Yeah. This, is, this is weird. I come in, he's like, hey, what's up? Right? He shakes my hand, he's got a smile on his face. I'm like, set up, right? My whole brain, set up. <laughs> so I go behind the door, the door closes. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Right? It's over. I'm over. I'm yeah. done. If anything goes down now, yeah. I'm fucked. Yeah. So he goes, yeah, you need to come see the facility. You know what I'm saying? But it's downstairs. So as we walk like this, bro, it was like a flanking system. Another ball head went over here and another one to the left and right of me come in like, like, like surgical, shaboom, and got in behind me. Oh. They shake my hand. And I'm like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? And they're like, oh, this is him? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, so we go past all these desks. And then there's a door to the right. And he opens it up and it stares. Heart. That's it. Dude, I'm like this. Literally, I'm yeah. my, it's in my throat. I've never been so scared in my life. I go down these stairs, and as soon as I get down to the stairs, I, they'll tell you to their face. They, they all started laughing. They go down the stairs. I'm like, they're either going to whoop my ass or something. I did something in West Bloomfield I didn't know or some shit. I go down the stairs. There's some warrants. As soon as I, right. No, it's like a long fucking hallway, bro. A yeah. long fucking hallway. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then there's a little door right here. And he turn and he goes, here's the door right here. And he opens it up, and it is a workout facility. And I swear to God, bro, I got on my knees and kissed the floor. And I go, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. I go, I need to tell all three of you motherfuckers. Just like that, I did. I go, I'm going to tell I didn't miss any words. I go, I need to tell all three of y'all. I go, this is the scariest shit I've ever been in my life. 
I go, and I'm glad that this worked out this way. I go, because other than that, I go, guess what? This has been some fucked up shit. And everybody, you know, I mean, but seriously, yeah. that's where it goes down to yeah. that I'm still that guy. Yeah, you're still, you know. Absolutely. I mean, that's part of your, it's your DNA. It all stacks up it like does a cake. It, yeah. That is the flavor of shades now is like, that's who you are now, but the layers are still going on top, but just down below Dude. there is the hustler and the dude who is... I'm still that guy. Running right. whatever and living a very... It's nuts. Crazy, illegal life. And then you get an invitation to commission to do a, a paint murals in a police station. Which you is, think it's a setup yeah. that you're going to go to jail. Of course. Because you don't know. You don't even know in the history of what you may have done in that community that nope. there's still a warrant out Dude, there for you. Dude, might have been. <laughs> exactly. That's how fucked up I was. Yeah. Till I'm still, literally living on that edge. Yeah. And then you still eventually become the cover of National Geographic about Detroit. National Geographic. That's insane. It always comes back to that. All right, man. Well, we're going to have to do part two at some point. I'm always down for part two, part three, part four, whatever, yeah. you know. I'm so, good for uh, it. But, man, I appreciate, I really appreciate you over the years. I felt you've, you've always, in the nicest way, shades have my back here. I do. In, I, the, in the town. I got your you, back. You've always, but he's uh, saying that to me. I heard him what he said to Dwelle yesterday, too. Though. No, but both of you guys <laughs> here have been really great to me, being from Grand Rapids, just trying to do my thing in Detroit. It's been fun with you. I mean, you even put me with, uh, you got me in touch with a lot of people in Grand Rapids. Remember when I did that thing with the... Um, yeah, the, with the the storytelling, exactly. Yep, linked up there. Yeah, we've uh, always worked together. Yeah, try to pass stuff back and forth when yeah. I can think of it. I have a beautiful piece that my wife reached out to you oh, for. Oh yeah, remember that down in? Uh, I forgot all about that. Yeah, holy shit! It's shnikes. in my. Uh, I'll show you a pic. Uh, it's in my basement that we renovated now. It's nice. a nice little spot. There you go. But um, I mean, you could you could have burnt it as firewood too. I don't. I might. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got proof to me. Maybe I'll just keep it until you go off to jail. There there you go. (laughs) Could happen. Right. (laughs) On the edge. On the No, but you've always been very uh, you've always been very gracious to me. I feel like I can always call and reach out to you about anything here in the city and you've always helped me navigate and uh, and and keep me in uh, you've you've made me way cooler than I am by being friendly with me and then how you vouch for me in the community if I need a, a connect to somebody. Of course. You always say, here's this guy. Yeah, we're family. Hicking up. Yeah, for Yeah, sure. I don't see you as a friend. We're family. Exactly. Yeah, so if Same. you need me, yeah, no news is good news in my world. So Absolutely. we don't always have to talk. But if you reach out to me, I got no. your back like a jam. And I want to come to Berlin. We didn't even get into that. We talked about it for a second. but And that's exactly what we will be doing is just a second of it. <laughs> Excellent. All right, man. Thank you. No, thank you, brother. Well, that's what it's like to talk to Shades for two hours. It never stops. He's constant energy. Uh, there's a lot of laughs and a lot of insight. I really appreciate uh, his his life and uh, his uh, interactions with me over the years, his friendship. And before I go much further, I want to send a special shout-out. Thank you to Metro Health. University of Michigan Health and Dr. Peter Hahn for helping to underwrite that on-location episode in Detroit. Uh, 
Metro Health has been a dream partner in our first year here at the podcast. And, um, and without their support, those type of location interviews that we did in Detroit with Dwelle and Shades, and also uh, out in California, we did five episodes out there. Uh, it, that would not happen without that very special relationship that uh, I have with University of Michigan. I'm sorry, Metro Health, University of Michigan Health, and Dr. Peter Hahn. Um, and thank you, Shades. Thank you for being uh, whoever you are. It's, uh, it's insane. Uh, every day I marvel when I see you uh, and get caught up with you, kind of uh, the amount of uh, things that you're tackling, the things that you're doing. And uh, how much time now you're spending abroad is inspiring. And uh, I just uh, am always looking forward to the next time we, we link up. So anybody, any, anybody, what am I saying? I need to get out of here. We need to get out of here. This was a long episode with Shades. I hope you uh, loved it. I love talking to him. And uh, I just hope you all have a great week, everybody. Let's go get it. This Full Exposure Podcast episode has been made possible through the support of Metro Health, University of Michigan Health, and Dr. Peter Hahn, who believe that creativity and the arts are essential to a rich, healthy, and fulfilling life.